We're just three years in our football program, but I want to tell you ahead of time, we're scheduling tough teams as we do in basketball, baseball, wrestling, because we plan, it's our plan to have our athletic program comparable to USC, to Notre Dame, to Alabama, to anybody in time. The Liberty Flames dethrone the Monarchs on Saturday night and move on to 3-0 for a Friday night showdown in New York. SparkPod starts now. This is SparkPod. So, Saturday night, Liberty beat Old Dominion, the Monarchs, 42-17, to I believe. Pretty good, pretty good game for the offense, pretty good game for the defense. Not so much the special teams, but it was the most complete game of the season. What do you think, Cade? Yeah, honestly, I thought that we played the best we have all year, with the exception of special teams. So, I think that you'll take that and use it as a learning game for special teams, because... Um, you wouldn't expect special teams to be a persisting issue. Um, hopefully they can get that fixed up in practice. But yeah, I was just really impressed with the offense and defense. And honestly, had the special teams make mistakes not been there, then ODU probably scores at least 10 less points. So I was very impressed. Still no turnovers for the offense, which is incredibly impressive. Um, yeah, definitely our most complete game. Yeah, the defense got in the backfield a lot and really didn't give up too many yards. There's one big breakdown when they gave up the touchdown. But other than that, really the only, like Old Dominion only scored those seven points. The other ten were special teams errors with DeMario Douglas dropping the punt return and then running into the kicker. And then we ended up getting one of those back later too. But what was your favorite play of the game? Do you have, is there any that stands out in your mind? My favorite play probably was, it was a, it was just Malik was supposed to throw the ball. It wasn't a designed run or anything, but basically, uh, no one was open and he just took off down the middle, and he was just so much faster than everybody else. He didn't yeah. he didn't score a touchdown, but I mean he was right by the D lineman, right by the linebackers, and if it weren't for the safeties and corners in the area, like he would have scored. So it was a big run, and again just showcased his athleticism. I think that's probably my favorite part, just getting to see him out in space. Yeah. It was finally good to get to see him do that. I think my favorite play was one of the passes, the touchdown passes to Kevin Shaw. Uh, maybe the one is a great throw by Malik, and Shaw was fighting with the defender, and Malik dropped it right in, like right in between, and Kevin like snatched it and fell into the end zone. That was that was probably my favorite play. So we got some stats for Malik Willis. Well, we got a lot of stats for Malik Willis on the season, but specifically on Saturday night against Old Dominion. He was 21 for 28, passing with 242 yards and four passing touchdowns. So much for not being a pocket passer, right? Yeah. And then he also had nine carries for 77 yards and two rushing touchdowns. And he had a 194.7 passer rating. So great night. He was responsible for six touchdowns. I guess there was six touchdowns scored. But uh, what do you think about his performance? Yeah, I mean, he's been incredible. And... 
the just the aspect of him not turning the ball over is the biggest thing in the offense as a whole not turning the ball over um and also if you look on ESPN's website he through three games Malik has the highest QBR rating of any quarterback in the country so he's been phenomenal I hope I mean if we continue playing like this I don't think anybody is going to beat us yeah we we got some more stats on him later for the season kind of comparing him to some of the other other guys as well but uh just for comparison Matt Corral for Ole Miss on Saturday night was responsible for seven touchdowns and he was going to Ole Miss he was getting a lot of ESPN buzz and everything but Malik was responsible for one less touchdown and the last time Liberty scored a touchdown at least Malik was uh, like with eight minutes left in the third quarter so um yeah, he, he had a phenomenal night, and it's really good to see him doing so well. He's getting recognition from ESPN as well. I saw an article. I can't remember who the guy is, but he was saying, like, Malik is the best class now or the best quarterback in the 2022 class now. So got some shout-outs from the weekend. Uh, Cade, you, you go first. Yeah, so Kennedy Charles, and I'll be honest, not to be offensive, didn't know who this guy was before this game. Uh Redshirt freshman, I believe, and he had three tackles, three tackles, which were three tackles for loss, and then three sacks, and which was part of a dominant defensive front tonight, or on Saturday night, and so, yeah, shout out to him, and just the game he played, and I think that's really emblematic for our defense. Uh, I would also say Story Jackson has come in and really filled the void um, at linebacker, and so... I've just been super impressed with the defense as a whole, but those two guys really caught my eye. Yeah, I'd like to give a shout-out to, first off, actually one for Old Dominion. I think his name is Zach Kuntz. He was number 80, and he was giant out there. And, like, every time he got his hands on the ball, like, they just couldn't tackle him because he was such a big fella. But he he, he, was, he was pretty good. He was kind of fun to watch, you're not going to lie. And then on the offensive side, um, Malik, I thought that was definitely the most complete game that he's played. Uh, especially leading the offense. Like last last week at Troy, there was some stalling out. And then week one was good, but it took a little bit to get going. And this was definitely like the best game, even though in his post-game pressure, he still was like hard on himself a little bit. But then also shout out to Kevin Shaw. He dropped another possible touchdown pass, but he caught two more. He caught that one where he was fighting off the defender. And then he caught another one and he was just tippy-toe on the sideline in the end zone. And so I thought he played pretty well as well. So continuing on about some of this Malik Willis season stats. On the year, he is 49 of 69 passing, which is 71%, for 613 yards, seven touchdowns, and zero interceptions. I think that's the best number to see there. Mm. And then he's got 34 rushes for 225 yards, four touchdowns. Malik has more total touchdowns than Rattler, Stroud, and Young. He's got more rushing touchdowns than Jones, Riddler, and King combined. And then he's got a higher completion percentage than Corral, Howell, and Uagale. I think that's how you say his name from Clemson. Um, all these are big name, like Ole Miss, UNC, Alabama's court. He's got a better completion percentage even than Bryce Young at Alabama. And he moved up to third in the Heisman odds behind... Bryce Young and Matt Corral. So, what? What do you think? How are you feeling about Malik for Heisman? Make it a hashtag. Get it trending. <laughs> uh, I think it already is a hashtag. <laughs> we need to get it trending. 
I've just been super impressed, and he, and also just like with his approach to it, um, he hasn't made it about him; it's about the team, and that's just really refreshing, and and just shows you know what a great guy he is, his humility, and um, really something like if anybody could brag, it'd probably be him, and he's not, and so it just says a lot about his character, and so. Yeah, I think he's great. Like you mentioned earlier, like zero interceptions might be the biggest stat in there. And if he continues to play like that, even if he doesn't produce as much offensively in terms of like touchdowns, I think that if he can continue to not turn the ball over, then this team is just going to be so hard to beat. And if he does continue with the offensive production, I mean, we could go in and we could beat Ole Miss and that would just be incredible. I'm a little surprised that they have him third in Heisman odds. Not that I don't believe he should be there, but I'm surprised that people are taking notice this early in the season. Obviously, he in the offseason, he got a lot of hype, but I thought that it would fade more and really he wouldn't get as much recognition by the odds makers and things until our sixth or seventh game. So I'm huh. excited to see that he's already third in the Heisman. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and he's still he's a ways back. Matt Corral and Bryce Young. I think Young is the odds-on favorite right now at like plus 100, and Matt Corral is like plus 250. I think that's off the top of my head. It's somewhere around there. And then Malik is third at like plus 800. So it's still a pretty big gap between those two. But the the numbers he's putting up are kind of similar to those guys. Maybe not. He's got a better completion percentage, but I know Bryce Young has a lot of points. He's done a lot of things at Alabama, and they've played some tough opponents already. But then, I mean, he's pretty similar. Malik's pretty similar to Matt Corral in a lot of his numbers right now, and probably better with rushing and then definitely the completion percentage. And, again, you just mentioned his personality, his character. Like, that's honestly, that might be the coolest thing is, like, he's such a good player but he's such a man of high character as well. Like saw a video of him going and taking a picture with a little girl or, or something like that um, at the end, like after the game. And then even in his post-game press interview, they asked him about Harold Blackman, who said all the stuff about him and like leading up to the game. And like we were giving him a hard time during Harold, a hard time about like Malik not being able to pass in the pocket. But after the game, they asked him and they're like, so did you play this well? Like, was that any sort of motivation? He was like, "No, I play to give the glory to God. Like, I play for God and not for anybody else. Like, I don't play for Him or anybody else." And um, basically, he was like, "He's entitled to his own opinion." I think I'll, I'll try to play that clip. You know what? I'll just do that. I'll throw that in there right yeah. now. I mean, I heard about it, but like, like I always say, like I don't play for him. I play for the glory of God. I play to go out there and use this ability I'm blessed with, and I just try to glorify His name. I'm not really plan for their approval <laughs> but I mean he has his opinion everybody's entitled to one great clip thanks for throwing that in there giving <laughs> myself a compliment do you want me to compliment you <laughs> Caleb you should definitely put that in there thank you oh oh you're you're welcome Cade for putting that clip in there <laughs> but he's such a like every every chance he gets um like he's, he's had so many opportunities to talk about his own ability and like what was going through his mind or his thought process or he could definitely be like yeah, like it was good to like wave at number seven as I was running by into the end zone. But he's like, nope, glory to God. Like I just do this for him. So I don't know. It's it's so cool. Like even going to a Christian college, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I would say too for those of y'all if you're just not aware, number seven who is a safety for Old Dominion, he basically 
got asked about the game before the game, uh, you know, like there in ODU's weekly pref- presser, and he basically just said that Malik was good in space, but he couldn't really throw the ball. And so a lot of people were getting into that, and Malik really stayed silent. And then, like Caleb was saying, at the end of the game, when Malik had a great game, especially through the air, uh, he didn't, you know, he took the high road and, and didn't, you know, spout off and talk about how great he was. So I think it's just, again, really impressive with him. And as a fan, it just makes him so easy to root for. And even if you're not a Liberty fan, like once we start getting more national attention and stuff and like maybe ranked, I think that it just, it'll make him so much easier to root for, for people who aren't even Liberty fans. Yeah. So another note, attendance for Saturday night was at 18,417. That's 3,000 more than we had in the first game and I'll just be curious to see if it keeps climbing throughout the season I feel like it probably definitely will but the crowd was pretty fun on Saturday night what do you think about the environment yeah it was awesome and honestly the student section in my opinion has been the best that it has ever been here yeah obviously last year we didn't get to experience it and then we had one full year our freshman year but yeah it has been awesome in the student section and even I would say the top deck above the student section is almost completely full. Yeah. The only part of the stadium that's more empty is across from us, and that's more season ticket holders and, like, nicer seats and above that the press boxes. So hopefully those people will start showing up. <laughs> uh, and I want to sell out the stadium. 25000 Let's do it. Also, it says 25000 but I feel like there could definitely be some more, like, standing room on the end zones and everything. I'd be oh, curious yeah. if, like... If they do sell out the sitting tickets, like if the student section would overflow and if they'd like, because it's 7,000 seats in the student section, but we could definitely pack like eight or 9,000 in there, I feel like. Yeah, you definitely could fit more in. <laughs> and I know that's how other schools do it too, especially in basketball, but this isn't basketball, this is football. I, I don't know, it'd just be so cool. Every time I see a picture with the student section behind the field, just like, it literally is a sea of red. It's mm-hmm. awesome. So... I think I can't remember if there's anything else I was going to mention from the football game, but got a note here. Men's basketball was mentioned in John Rothstein's 10 mid-majors to watch. Talking about Richie McKay. Cade got an amazing flag that I hope you're, you're, you're going to bring it to a game, yeah, right? To, to be unveiled at basketball season. <laughs> so I, I hope the fans love it. I should I should order my own flag. What's, what's that? Website? Hype flags. Um, it's pretty neat. <laughs> They do their own flags that are cool, and then some of them are really inappropriate. But uh, you can do a custom flag and basically upload an image, and that's what I did with an image to be revealed in the first basketball game. There's been a lot of custom flags at the football games, so, hey, we should have flags. You should hit us up and get some sponsorship deals going on. Let's tag them when we post this. Yeah. <laughs> um, another note. This one's really important. So... Actually, you know what? Hold that thought. I'm going to keep you on the edge of your seat. First off, there's women's soccer Thursday versus Jacksonville State um, sat and Sunday versus North Alabama. Men's soccer plays on Saturday versus Florida Gulf Coast. Volleyball is on the road Friday at Bellarmine, Saturday at Eastern Kentucky, and Sunday at Lipscomb. And then here's the really important thing. This Friday, women's field hockey, ranked 13th in the nation, plays 15th-ranked UConn at 3 p.m., and this isn't just going to be any normal field hockey game. Never. Not with the Lunatics. Not with Justin Rocky, who we had on the podcast last week. No, this is going to be Whiteout Friday at the East Campus Field Hockey Field at 3 p.m. So if you don't have class and if you're bored on a Friday afternoon, 
go to this game. It's going to be highly competitive. It's going to be hype. I am very sad that I have class, but I might sneak over for the start or something because it sounds like a fun environment. Are you, are you going to try to go, Cade? Yeah, I'm planning on being there. I get out at 3. It starts at 3, so I'll probably head over after that. And then, yeah, let's wide out and beat the Huskies because nobody likes – well, that's not true. Everybody loves the Husky. <laughs> but nobody likes the school, so yeah, let's UConn's go beat them. irrelevant. Right. In yeah. football especially. They are irrelevant. <laughs> They're only relevant in women's basketball. Nothing against women's basketball. Just they haven't won – basketball men since what 2014 anyways getting sidetracked what have you heard about this that you you mentioned it before we started basically i got a text and it said there's going to be a wide out women's field hockey everybody be there show up basically be hype i know that they're going to be giving out some stuff okay and i don't remember off the top of my head what that is but it's going to be a great time definitely awesome to see lunatics which is really everyone all liberty students getting behind other sports just yeah. besides football and basketball and hopefully they continue to do that and yeah justin's doing a great job with that so um be there it's going to be awesome yeah definitely it'd be that's why i'm sad i'm not gonna be able to go but like just going to some of these other sports that aren't like typically big big name sports or big for attendance like it's pretty fun to go and make some noise get a little raucous and cheer on the flames so I also have one more shout-out to give. I missed my shout-out opportunity. But my guy, William Byron, Liberty, race car driver, he made it to the next round of the playoffs by one point. So rep- out there representing LU on the racetrack, coming in clutch on Saturday night. So it, was, it was a good weekend for all of my teams, even even for your team as well, right? Oh, like yeah. Arkansas. Well, <laughs> my won. second team, yeah, second behind team. the Flames. Yeah, they won, so that's pretty awesome. Um yeah, I can't complain about anything this past weekend. <laughs> Our RA went to the Penn State Whiteout. We got Liberty Redouts, I guess. Sea of Red. Basically every game is a redout yeah, for us. <laughs> Alright, so now it's time for Fan the Flames, where we'll discuss some topics and fan or douse the flames, and how we feel about this. So first topic, announced last week, I believe on the day that we released the episode, Austin P joins the A Sun. Fan the Flames, that's the Flames. I will fan the Flames. So, mainly this is for the A Sun FCS Football League. So, it doesn't affect Liberty in football because we play independent at the FBS level. But, you know, it basically adds a sixth team to the A Sun and allows them to get an automatic bid for, to the FCS playoffs. And then, rumored, I heard too that they're looking to take like a D2 school and transition them up to also join the football league. So that's a rumor. Hasn't been announced yet, but keep your eyes out. Okay. Also, just as another basketball team to the A-Sun, and I think it's another reason they want to add another team to keep the numbers even in basketball and all the other sports. But, yeah, so I'm excited. I think that if Liberty is not going to join another conference – then we ought to be rooting for the A-Sun to get stronger. I think this makes the A-Sun a little bit stronger, uh, more conference games to maybe turn the competition up a little bit, make the conference tournament a little bit better. And not that the Austin P is a great basketball program, but it just adds another team, more recruiting, more money, resources to the league. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'll also fan the Flames. Um, a lot of the same reasons Kay just said, took the words right out of my mouth. Just adding another team, um, 
Austin P. I don't I don't exactly know anything about their school or where they're from, but um, I remember as a kid my dad told me a joke about their team one time, and I thought it was the funniest thing because I was like eight. He was like, you know what their fans say when they cheer games? They're like, let's go pee. And I thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> but yeah, that does this now does this start this year for basketball or will it start later? No, so it won't be this year, but it'll start next year. So the 2022-23 season, and they'll be joining in all sports to the A-Sun. Okay, and that gives them a chance. That gives the A-Sun a chance to add another team, I guess, like you're saying, before yes. that season starts. Next topic, Fan the Flames. Head coach Hugh Freeze says he loves playing on Thursday or Friday nights, and he would like two to three Thursday-Friday games a year. You fan the Flames? That's the Flames for Thursday-Friday games? I fan the Flames because when you play those games, you're one of two, maybe three teams playing at that time. And so for the casual college football fans who are just looking for a game, and they're like, oh, Liberty's playing. You know, that gives us more exposure. I think that will help in recruiting. So, yeah, I definitely fan the Flames for that. Overall, I'll fan the Flames. I like the exposure, like you were saying. Just the chance there's less competition on, especially for a team like Liberty, if we're able to get some good opponents. Like a Liberty-BYU showdown on a Thursday night would be pretty cool. Um, I feel like I'd prefer a Thursday game over a Friday game. But, honestly, either one would be kind of cool. The only reason I would be kind of against this is because, like, it would mess up my Saturday schedule, especially if there's a home game, because I'm used to, like, getting out, getting ready for that game, but if, I don't know, if, if I had to go to class, especially, like, you've seen those lines outside, if there was that long line, I had class till like, five or something, and then I walked out and had to go back and change and then get to the back of the line, I'd be sad, but other than that, um, it'd be pretty cool, honestly. Maybe Hugh Freeze can use his bargaining power and... <laughs> Make it happen. All right, last topic. 40% of Liberty fans would prefer the Flames to stay independent if American Conference, if if those opportunities do not present themselves or if they don't come. And the, I saw this on Twitter. It was a poll. And the options for Liberty if the AAC didn't happen was Sunbelt, Conference USA, or stay independent. And so it looks like 40% says that they'd rather stay independent. So you fan the flames on that. Do you would you rather stay independent independent or would you rather join one of those other smaller conferences? I man, that's a tough. So <laughs> I'll fan the flames if we were not to go to the American. I say that part of me is like being in the Sun Belt would be interesting because they Coastal's pretty good, App State's pretty good. Um, Louisiana has been pretty good, and then there's occasionally like other teams that are better. I think that league as a whole is getting better. I say no though because I feel like that'd be a short-term solution to like long like it would be good for us short-term, but impede us in the long run of trying to be a Power Five program. And so I say, fan the flames, don't do it if we can't get in the American. Um, the only thing that might change that is if the Sun Belt were to expand because they announced that they were mm-hmm. considering it. And if they were to bring in like a UAB or maybe a former or not former but a current American team and like basically became what the American was, I could see it being beneficial. But as it stands right now, I'd say don't do it. Yeah, I'd also fan the flames. I'd agree with staying independent if American doesn't happen. And kind of like you said, Sunbelt 
I think Sunbelt would be the next best option, and like those teams are getting better in football. But on like the basketball side of things, like I'm thinking of the other sports as well. Um, like American is that Power Six. It's just outside. They usually have a couple auto bids in the NCAA tournament, and even the other sports as well. Like they're not exactly Power Five, but they're just outside of it. And so like I think I don't know. Just joining the Sun Belt just for football might still might, would still be like really short term like you were saying especially for the other sports we're still trying to grow that like the basketball program and baseball and everything all right so coming up this weekend this friday i honestly didn't know that this game was friday until yesterday someone mentioned it and i was like well no way but got syracuse on the road in the carrier dome second year in a row and here's an interesting note since the first meeting in 2019 when syracuse was ranked and they beat us here on the mountain, 24 to zero. Since then, Liberty has been 21 and five, while Syracuse has gone seven and 18. And I don't know, how do you, how do you feel about this matchup coming up? I feel good about it. I think our team is confident because they went in and beat Syracuse last year. I think, and you mentioned this before we started, just being worried about a revenge game. Because I would say, yeah, Syracuse probably. From a depth perspective, top to bottom, has a more talented roster on average. I don't think they have a more talented person than Malik. But, like, average, yeah, they probably have a little bit more talent. But I still think we can go and win this game by multiple touchdowns. So I think we have to be confident but not over cocky and just watch out for a revenge game. Yeah, so some in- some other interesting notes. Uh, through these first three games, Syracuse has allowed six sacks last year. At this point, they had already allowed 15 sacks, and Liberty had three sacks last season, and Liberty already has 10 on the year, so defense might be huge. Um, Syracuse has some really good... Their their quarterback's had a better season so far. Um, they've got a pretty good running back, and then they've got a really good receiver. Hugh Freeze was singing his praises earlier, saying he's kind of almost like a freak athlete. Um Syracuse has two wins over Ohio and Albany, but they lost to Rutgers at home just two games ago. So that could be a beneficial stat for the Flames. And Liberty is actually favored in this game, favored by six in Vegas. And ESPN, their matchup predictor, gives Liberty a 53% chance to win, which Hugh Freeze responded with, that's rat poison. But I don't know, at least we're getting some some love from the odds. But yeah, I'm very, I'm kind of nervous about the revenge game. There's some people, Syracuse players on Twitter, bringing up think, graphics that Liberty posted from last year's win and trying to use it as motivation. Um, do you think it'll be a close game? That's hard to say. I don't know. Um, I feel like we've kind of played everybody close in the first half so far, so... I think at halftime it'll be a close game, and then I would expect our offense to be able to outpace them. And I mean, I think we'll win by a decent amount, uh, like two touchdowns. But yeah, I I don't know. It it's tough to say because again, they have talent, power five talent. Um, I think it'll be close at half. I think we'll pull away at the end of the game. I like that assessment. The a lot of the going into the game, I will say Syracuse people are giving this a lot more respect. There's, I've even seen some people saying like, 
a win could determine the rest, or like this game's going to determine the rest of the season for Syracuse. So there's a lot for them, for their fans, like kind of hanging on this game. But for Liberty, I think like the offense is going to really have to outpace um, the other team. I, I don't know how good their defense is, but I feel like Liberty's got a really good offense, even better than what they were last year. Um, it'll be interesting to see how our defense matches up with some of their new weapons on offense. But that's at on Friday at Friday, on Friday at eight late night Friday game. I'm looking forward to that. And also, I'm gonna showcase this now. Uh, Dino Babers is giving Malik Willis good passing compliments, unlike last week when we had the ODU. He said um, Malik throws a good deep ball. He throws a good short ball, but he runs so strong. And <laughs> yeah, so he's just singing Malik's praises. He's taking a different strategy. You think it's gonna work out for him? No. I think no matter what happens, <laughs> whether we win or lose, I think Malik is going to have a good game. I think that our defense has to come ready to play. I think they will. And I'm just excited for football Friday night. Hopefully a lot of people around the country are like, whoa, who is this guy? Like, yeah. Wow, we need to give this guy some attention, this team. Yeah, so this game last year, Malik had a handful of turnovers. Do you think Liberty can still win or survive even with turnovers if they happen again? I mean, it depends on how many. If we have, like, yeah. one or two, yeah. I think if we have three or four, it's going to be really hard. You, I mean, turning the ball over is one of the most deciding factors um, in a game. So I think we can't do that um, if we want to beat really good teams and even just Power 5 teams in general. So, But at this rate, you know, we should do well. I think Malik is a really smart quarterback. I think I think just I think being decision making is obviously what prevents turnovers from a quarterback's perspective most of the time. Okay, do you have anything else to say? No. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. Uh, repost, like, Ooh. follow. Yeah, repost would be nice. Yeah, check out Liberty Flames taking on the Syracuse Orange on Saturday at eight. I think we're gonna have a watch party here on the hill. Yep, right outside so, in the courtyard. Yeah. So, um, Liberty will take on the Orange and try to go to 4-0 and on the season and hopefully finally crack into the top 25. But thank you guys for listening, and catch you all next week.